Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time. So we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, a podcast about movies, because movies. My name is Corey. And my name is Jeff. Hey, Corey. Hey, Jeff. What do you call a cowboy who teaches acting? Uh, fuck. I, I don't know. What? A stagecoach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, just let it sit there. Just, yeah. Just let it sit. Yeah. <clears throat> Since the dawn of cinema, Hollywood has been obsessed with the Western. Oh, the idea of a tall, slender cowboy rescuing the damsel in distress from a group of creeping marauders has been storyline of countless movies. The Western has been around so long that Wyatt Earp himself consulted on early Westerns prior to his death in 1929. Wait, Wyatt Earp died in 1929? Yes, he did, Corey. So all those stories on the interwebs about Wyatt Earp meeting John Wayne and working on such movies as The Searchers and Stagecoach, which were released in the 50s, are... Totally false. He was dead. Dead. Dead as a doornail. This must be distinctly understood, or nothing wonderful can come of the pretentious truths we are about to relate. As we chase elitist writers and directors through the pages of history, pressured to create movies with overly saturated anachronisms, Corey and I awake to find ourselves in movies of the past, suffering through films switches should never watch. We find ourselves jumping from movie to movie, putting things right that once went wrong and hoping each time that our next movie will be historically correct. History when films really fucked it up History of fiction Movies are the mission History My young guns History of fiction Jeff and Corey will set the record straight Words rhyme, but I could not find a way to make them rhyme. Switch the Envelope's History of Fiction is hosted by Jeff and Corey. Hollywood likes to take artistic license with their movies. But why? Movies are the only medium where the people creating the project love the history, yet care nothing about preserving it. Hey, writers. Yes, yes pretentious director, director man. man. I know these people historically didn't have cannons and stuff, but I really want to blow some shit up in this picture. No, no problem, problem, director, sir. In this episode, we're going to discuss why so many Westerns have misrepresented the era in which they are portraying, and why real history was so much more exciting than the screen adaptations. You know, Corey, it's kind of like when you're reading your favorite comic book or graphic novel series. Then you see it done on screen, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? That was shitty. Jeff, I understand completely. The best example of this was the hugely successful Brat Pack Western Breakfast Club 1886. I, I don't think that's what it was called. The Outsiders? Greasers versus Regulators? I actually think it was Dirty Dancing. Nobody puts Billy in the corner. <laughs> no, of course. We are talking about the very successful 80s movie Young Guns, which depicts the Lincoln County War and the life and exploits of Billy the Kid. 
if you include the wildly popular feature-length Bon Jovi video entitled Young Guns 2. Until recently, this movie was surprisingly one of the only modern depictions of Billy the Kid, despite his popularity amongst historians and Wild West enthusiasts. Released in 1988 by Morgan Creek Production, Young Guns was a box office smash, grossing $54 million off an $11 million budget. And much of that was due to the cast. Talk about a movie that was stacked with talent. Not only did you have the Brat Pack talent of Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen, Kiefer Sutherland, and Lou Diamond Phillips, this movie also had veteran actors such as Terrence Stamp and veteran Western actor Jack Palance. Although oh. he didn't do any, he didn't do any push-ups. So yeah. no, but Jack Palance did do his best job at doing his worst Irish accent. That's true. It was bad. All right, let's jump into this, Jeff. What What are some things about this movie that are incredibly historically problematic? <laughs> well, where do we start? I think the most glaring issue that we have is with, unfortunately, even though he's a great actor, Mr. Terrence Stamp. Mm. Why? 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 What's your problem with Ter- Terrence Stamp? Well, he's old, Corey. <laughs> well, he is, yes. <laughs> he's a veteran actor, Terrence Stamp. <laughs> he's a veteran actor. He's been there. He's been around a long time. Now, unfortunately, he's playing a character. Well, he's playing the character, the historical man, John Tunstall. He was a real man. He wasn't <laughs> old as fuck. Now, unless you think of old as fuck as being 24. Oh, well, I mean, in, in the West, maybe. <laughs> Actually, you know what? To, to, think about that, <laughs> to we, be fair. If, we're, if you think of like, like the way yeah, we yeah. think of money. Life expectancy really in the old, old West, I mean, is probably like 33. I mean, well. Right? Like, yeah. There was a lot of death and dysentery. <laughs> I've played Oregon Trail, Jeff. The old West, <laughs> you didn't live long. <laughs> but um, but he was supposed to be 24, though. He was 24-year-old. So, Whew. I mean, we already established that this was a breakfast club you know oh uh, yeah lots of hot young young uh, hollywood in this movie yeah so to make this movie historically accurate you could bring in molly ringwald <laughs> i'm not sure molly ringwald would have played john tunstall oh, better oh, for that car- i'm just saying if we were influent injecting more breakfast clubian <laughs> yes more brat packy yes yeah. maybe maybe ali sheedy make it more john hughes no but we could have made it we could have oh, made michael it- hall Anthony Michael Hall, could, no, he wouldn't have. He's no, a little too no, young. No. But uh, Judd Nelson. Oh, Judd Nelson would have been great. Matt yeah. Dillon. Ooh. Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe, although I think he would have made the rest of the cast look. I mean, he was, this was peak Rob Lowe. I mean, yeah. he would have. They wouldn't have been able to work. They would have got lost in his eyes, Jeff. Yes. Mm. Now, who looks good on a horse at this time? Kevin Costner, but he's not Brat Packy. Has a, has a, has a, has an older brother kind of vibe. Think Outsiders. Hmm. Nobody puts Billy in a corner. Oh, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. You know what? The Swayze. He's still a couple of years before doing Point Break. Yeah. He's still got the mullet. Swayze with a mullet in the West. I mean, there was there was mullets in, in Young Guns. They could have actually called it <laughs> Mullet in the West. That could have been the movie. How the West was mullet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Rock on. <laughs> You know, I, I like I like Patrick Swayze there. That wouldn't have been us changing anything except for making it more accurate to what history was. Yeah, like why 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 did they make him so much older? It's just because it felt like if he was their like boss, it didn't father make, figure. Make I guess sense for he him was to their be. boss in real no, life. No, no, that's what I'm saying. If, yeah, because they they were like his band of uh, misfit mercenaries, right? You know, he was. They were they were mercenaries. They're hired to. Stop people from stealing the cattle and everything on the ranch. That was what the historical 
Right. They that, were, that's what they were. They're regulators. They're regulating people from stealing shit from the ranch. Yeah, that's, they, they were his muscle. Yes. Yeah, it's interesting because like Billy the Kid often gets lumped in with uh, like the sort of outlaw West. And I mean, he was. But they, he gets lumped into the... The outlaws of the Wild West that were like riding around stealing off stagecoaches and robbing trains and shit. But that wasn't Billy the Kid, was it? When the Lincoln County War first started, he was actually deputized. Oh shit, really? Yes. Is that why he was friends with Pat Garrett? Well, the short answer is that they were not friends. They just knew each other. And William Bonney was deputized for a very short time in 1878 during the Lincoln County War. I mean, he was a he was a officer of the court, kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Except in real life, it was more like John Wick. It was kind of like John Wick. <laughs> Billy the Kid is John Wick. Ooh, <laughs> you know what? Keanu Reeves. He, he, he could have. Keanu been, Reeves was actually not. He could have been in this movie. Popular back then. Do you know that when Keanu Reeves was in Young Blood, not Young Guns, but Young Blood, the hockey movie with Patrick Swayze and Rob Lowe, <laughs> full circle. <laughs> he played. He played a goalie, and Rob Lowe was on an interview saying that they all thought that he was an actual goalie because he was from Canada <laughs> and he was in the movie and he played hockey so well they thought he was an actual goalie that was just hired as a ringer. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> nope. He is Bill. Or is he Ted? He's Ted Theodore Logan. <laughs> Esquire or whatever his his extra title is. But yeah, all right. So, you know, 24 years old is <laughs> a bit of a stretch to make him 50. I, I, mean, I can understand... Why they made that decision, but it would have been easy enough to just have a Patrick Swayze type that has an older brother type, or and like a Josh Brolin. Although that, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, at that yeah, time, yeah, Goonies. He, yeah, Goonies, he was the yeah. older brother in in, uh, in Goonies. He, he could have had that, and that, that would have made the movie uh, more marketable. Because at that right. time, to market to the people that it was marketing. Well, hold on, people were lining up for the sexiness that is Terrence Stamp. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still think Matt Dillon would have been even better. But M- Matt Dillon would have been. I, I don't know. I, I like I like the Patrick Swayze or the or the Josh Brolin. They they do have a bit of the like older brother vibe that would have lent itself to the. He's their leader, and then he dies, and now they're like, "Well, fuck, we all really like that dude." Uh, now what do we do? And Billy's like, "Fuck them all." <laughs> Kill them all, raise hell, <laughs> let God sort them out kind of a thing. Moving on with this is the amount of regulators that are in this movie. Oh, there wasn't just six? Well, there was at least 20 regulators in real life. Oh, so their numbers are just all off in this film. And it's important to mention that not only is the number of regulators incorrect, the regulators that are in the movie are historically inaccurate. <laughs> Wait, so they had 20 to choose from. And for one of those guys, they were just like, eh, let's throw in the made-up one. Well, the character that was played by Dermot Mulroney, he was not exactly made up, but he's a footnote in history. I, I don't know if they even have a picture of him. I think the picture is Dermot Mulroney, and it's the character of Dirty Steve. <laughs> Dirty Steve? <laughs> he's an amalgamation of the other 14 guys. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, we've got all these other 14 guys instead of just having like What do we call them? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Dirty Steve. You know, that was some coke-fueled producer. It was just like, <laughs> you guys, I got it. We don't have to hire 14 other dudes. We'll just get one guy, and we'll call him Dirty Steve. It came to me in a dream. There was so much more in the real source material that could have been used that Dirty Steve, real or not, did not need to be used. They could have included the story of Frank McNabb or some of the regulators who were there when John Tunstall was killed. Also, Frank and George Coe. 
Mm-hmm. Now, they were part of this Lincoln County War. They were regulators. These guys did such crazy shit during the war. They actually staged a jailbreak. They broke into a jail just to murder someone. What? <laughs> they they staged a jailbreak. Okay, so they, they went into a jail. They, they broke into the jail. They orchestrated removing somebody from jail who was falsely imprisoned. <laughs> No, not falsely imprisoned. I'm well, sure he was imprisoned. They broke a dude out of jail, which typically means they're on that dude's side. Usually. <laughs> but then they killed him. But they did this to kill him. That's so cold-blooded. jail wasn't even good enough for this guy. They actually broke into jail and took the guy out and murdered him. Why the fuck didn't they put that in the movie? Yeah, I don't well, know. Probably because Dirty Steve. <laughs> Dirty is, Steve is wasn't even that Co-Brothers. kind of guy. Yeah, right? Oh, man. That that's not yeah they should have split Dirty Steve into just the Co Brothers just to put that scene in there because that would have been gnarly. I feel like the Co Brothers would have been such great characters. Were they brothers? I hope they're brothers. I'm pretty sure they're brothers. Co, they died out though because you know outlaws. <laughs> <laughs> what what about the the actors that they did like the characters that they did put in place? Did they get those right? Like was, I mean Billy the Kid is. Uh, subjective at this point, but like the other people in the regulators, did they get those characters right? Well, we have to remember, Corey, that this is a uh, this is a movie for entertainment. It's not a documentary because the writers got every character wrong in some way. Specifically, we have Kiefer Sutherland, who is romancing uh, Jack Palance's uh, concubine. I guess we'd call her. When in real life, uh, the part that he's playing, which is Doc Skurlock, actually was married and his father-in-law was part of this whole skirmish and even fought in the final uh, firefight that lasted like five days. Kiefer Sutherland's role. Kiefer Sutherland's role, yeah. What about Charlie Sheen? Well, the most inaccurate thing about that movie regarding Dick Brewer or Charlie Sheen's character is is that Billy the Kid and Dick Brewer never fought over leadership. Dick Brewer was the undisputed leader of that gang, and Billy the Kid was not interested in being a leader of that gang. Because he was the biggest bastard of them all, <laughs> well, kind of lo- a thing. Well, a lot of these guys yeah. did just as much killing as Billy the Kid. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wow. Now, see, that, that's another contestable thing, too, is like Billy the Kid's confirmed kills, right? Like, I, I recently went to Billy the Kid Museum. Yeah, I'm so jealous. I know, I know. You can see see a, a photo of that on our Instagram stories at Switch the Envelope. Uh, but it, it was really interesting because it went through like there's this whole display where they talk about the sort of history of the regulators and Billy kids, Billy the kids' involvement with it, and they made specific mention of confirmed Billy the Kid kills. Yeah. And there weren't as many as I had thought based off of my viewing of Young Guns. <laughs> yeah, there's not, because I think Billy the Kid only has like nine confirmed kills and it's and estimated like that he has like twenty one. He wasn't wildly murdering law enforcement and telling them that they'll be famous? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, like I, I assume that because he, he became the folk icon that he gets all the most of the credit for all the things that the regulators as a whole did, right? Yeah. Well, in historical context, not during the Lincoln War. And Billy the Kid, snappy name, just like Dirty Steve. (laughs) (laughs) 
but just remember that his name didn't come around until like uh way after the Lincoln County War. He was known as at least I think as you know, switches out there, you know, if you're on your on your in your Twitterverse or in your Insta Talks, whatever you're doing, just uh tell me if I'm incorrect about this, but I'm pretty sure that he wasn't referred to as Billy the Kid until later. But yeah, once you get the Billy the Kid, it's it's great. It's cool. It's snappy. It's got sauce to it. <laughs> Dirty Steve. They write songs about this guy. <laughs> well, the interesting thing about <clears throat> Dick Brewer, who is the person that Charlie Sheen plays, mm-hmm. the interesting thing about him is that under his leadership, when he was a lure, this is not something they actually show in Young Guns, uh-huh. but while he was the leader, the, the, the posse of regulators who were deputized at the time killed more people than probably any other time. Oh, shit. <laughs> so they killed another sheriff. They killed, like, they just killed multiple people under his tutelage or under his leadership and in young guns they make it seem like he's trying to keep them together but everybody's shooting everybody and they he can't keep under control when that probably was not the case so charlie sheen was not historically accurate billy the kid you know his his exploits are, are questionable uh terrence stamp is way too old yes they didn't even include Two thirds of the gang, <laughs> the two two most interesting ones, and then yeah, and the two most interesting ones. Like honestly, them breaking out a dude from jail just to murder him is some fucking metal gangster shit. <laughs> and then when they show in the movie, all, everybody getting caught at Alexander McSween's house at the mm-hmm. end of the movie, that street war lasts like four or like five days. Oh, it wasn't just an autumn afternoon. <laughs> well, I mean, there also wasn't just six people in the house. They had. Several people there in the house. They had several people down the street in the in the in Tunstall store. They had people all over the town. This whole town was like separated into factions, different different warring factions, and it was all throughout the town. Guns fired back and forth all throughout the town for like five days. But they didn't show that. They did have time though to show Kiefer Sutherland falling in love with someone, which didn't even happen. That's where Molly Ringwald could have been cast. Molly Ringwald could have been. <laughs> yeah, they could have done some. Uh, even though the concubine is supposed to be Asian and Molly Ringwald. Doesn't matter. Now she's Irish and she's Molly Ringwald. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're tossing history to the wind anyway, Jeff. That's true. <laughs> I mean, the woman didn't even exist in real life anyway. Didn't exist. Yeah, you're right. Like, why? Yeah, like... Like, why did Doc Skurlock, who they know did not have any kind of... I mean, he was married at the time, so he couldn't have had any kind of relationship with... Uh, the Dolan, Dolan Murphy faction, anything. Why would they have to put that in there? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Because Romeo and Juliet, right? Two yeah, star-crossed this, lovers. It's, it's all classic history, literature. All this history is so interesting anyway. It's so exciting. There's so much that happened at this period. And they took it all out for stupid stuff. Well, yeah, like, they could have ended this movie like The Wild Bunch, Right. Where the the whole thing leads up to these three days of absolute terror. Of, yeah, can you of imagine war? being in a town where there's no law, there's there's nobody. The only law are people who are trying to kill each other. <laughs> Both sides are deputized at that point, and they're all trying to kill each other. Like literally, the entire square or the entire main street is is sectioned off, and people are just shooting at each other. It's like it's like the local police and the sheriff's department decide to have a three-day shootout in the That's middle literally of what this would have a been small like. town. That's what it been. Can you imagine being in that town during this time 
It would have been awful. And the two people that are yeah. fighting over each other, it would be like it would be like Target and Walmart fighting over each other. <laughs> that is what the Lincoln County War is because it was a war between dry goods stores. Right. Tunstall and uh, uh, what's it called um, Jet. I'm gonna forget his name. Murphy. It's the Murphy Dry Goods Store and the Tunstall Dry Goods Store. So this would literally be like Target and Walmart splitting down Main Street and their private security just shooting. It's Walgreens and CVS <laughs> battling over who can give you the best, longest receipt. Fuck you. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, I think that having the war be the pinnacle of the movie in a more substantial way would one have been more historical historically accurate but two i think dramatically would have been but that's what i'm saying it's not yeah. about historical accuracy that's boring you know what's exciting <laughs> no but this historical accuracy is saying. more exciting that's what i'm saying it's way more exciting why did a writer why in the writers room did they sit down and say we're going to change all this shit and make this our own our own history when the real history is way more exciting especially if this is like one of the only retellings of this story. <laughs> I know, and the only and you have one chance. I mean, I mean, we got another bite at the apple. We've got a lot of companies making new movies. Epics is coming out with one. We're we're good. We're good. Well, I mean, I used to love Young Guns, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, I still love it. But I do. Still. T- I do too. It is uh, very much uh, an '80s indulging or an an '80s indulgement type of film. I mean, it's. It's super 80s, but... And the music is super 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then once you get into the second one, and it's just all Bon Jovi all the time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Corey, there is one more thing that is not historically accurate in Young Guns 2 that we have to talk about. Hmm. And it's the most annoying thing. Oh. The villain in the movie, Lawrence Murphy. Lawrence Played Murphy. by Jack Palance. What's wrong? What's wrong with the very Irish Jack Palance in this the, movie? The, the very Irish Jack Palance with the worst Irish accent ever uh, made. Lance Murphy, Lawrence <sighs> Lawrence Murphy. In the very end of this movie, Billy the Kid stands at the end of the stands at the very end of the kind of a cul-de-sac. They made they made the Main Street end in a cul-de-sac with Alexander McSween's house, but he stands the, at the end of the cul-de-sac. He stands at the end of the Just All Right Corral. Yeah, and he says, <laughs> "Reap the whirlwind." Or reap the whirlwind, or whatever he says, and he shoots Jack Palance in the head, and he rides off into the sunset right. to write pals on all his friends' grave sites. <laughs> right. In real life, Lawrence Murphy actually died of cancer four oh. months later. From from the lead poisoning. From the lead points of the bullet. <laughs> okay. No, no, he actually just died of cancer like four months later. In real life, neither James Dolan nor Lawrence Murphy actually had any revenge taken out on them, and in the Long term, James Dolan actually got all of John Tunstall's land and his dragon store. So, you know, the bad guys won. Hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, I can understand from a storytelling point that you want to get this sort of like anti-hero sort of exclamation point at the end. And like, he died four months after the events of what took place. So the filmmakers were probably just like, man, eh, it's close enough. They could have shown Lawrence Murphy actually dying four months later. Cause he dies four months later. It's not like he's yeah, lives I, a long, happy life. I mean, they, they could have, um, they could have shown. So to, to skirt around it, they could have shown maybe Billy, the kid uh, questionably mortally wounding him. Right. Maybe he, he gets him in the, in the belly or something. Right. Yeah. 
and then you know as an epilogue piece he he sort of you know dies peacefully in his bed and a then, like, tombstone ending yeah with, right with uh, and then Doc like holiday did was it because of billy the kid was it not because of billy the kid and then you know you google it and you're like oh cancer <laughs> <laughs> But you still get the you still get the Billy the Kid shot him moment without having to be too historically inaccurate. Even though he didn't shoot him, or no, no, but I'm even saying you, like it even if you been... back it up, you can even go. It was a shootout on the street, mm-hmm. lots of bullets flying. Mm-hmm. It was a siege. He gets shot by a stray bullet. But yeah, it does make for you know some good popcorny entertainment. Yes, it does, and I will never stop watching Young Guns. In fact, I'm going to watch it now, Corey. Yeah, you know what? In fact, switches. Go watch Young Guns right now. And once you're done watching Young Guns, hit us up on our Instagram at Switch the Envelope or on Twitter at Switch Envelope. History when films really fucked it up History of fiction Movies are the mission History like Young Guns History of fiction Jeff and Corey will set the record straight None of those last words rhyme, but I could not find a way to make them rhyme. Thanks for listening to Switch the Envelope presents The History of Fiction. On the next History of Fiction, we'll be presenting another movie that totally fucked up history. As always, like and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. But more importantly, share us with a friend, because that's how we grow this Switch Army. Go see more Westerns, pick apart the history... And we'll see you later, Switches. See you later, Switches. Switch the Envelope was written and produced by Billy the Kid and Pat Garrett. Switch the Envelope was mixed at Studio 1885. Switch the Envelope is a Dirty Steve production. 